Welcome to Episode 7 of the Swift Teacher Podcast. One lesson at a time towards... Swift World Domination. Joining us today is Mike Yakabowski. Mike is the STEM coordinator and lead engineering teacher at Capel High School, a one-to-one iPad Apple Distinguished School in Texas. He has been with CISD since 2003 and started the Capel High School School of Engineering in 2006. The School of Engineering is a four-year pre-college engineering program focusing on design in which learners work on projects that prepare them for college STEM disciplines. Activities expose learners to design, applications of math and science, electronics, kinematics, and coding. Learners have begun SWIFT Playgrounds and SWIFT as a core component of their coding instruction. In addition to teaching, Mike is the department instructional coach. Mike was honored as an Apple Distinguished Educator in the spring of 2017, so just a couple months ago. In 2015, the Metroplex Technology Business Council named Mike the tech titan of the future for high schools. Prior to that, Mike was presented with the Excellence in Engineering Education Award from National Instruments and was named a runner-up for the Discover Educator Award. Mike is the advisor for several organizations related to the engineering program, Society of Women Engineers, Society of Minority Engineers, and the Capel Solar Racing Team. Hi, Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Wow, that's quite a mouthful. So, (laughs) uh, is teaching your first career? No, uh, it's my third. Oh, okay. So, why don't you tell us uh, where you teach and uh, what you teach specifically uh, at Capel. Sure. Uh, I Over at Capel High School, uh, we're just outside of Dallas, Texas, and I teach uh, engineering. It's a pre-college engineering program, and this year I'm teaching engineering science to 10th graders, engineering mathematics, which is a, a, a mechatronics course, and then engineering design one and our capstone design two class. So it uh, keeps me quite busy. It sounds like it. So you just mentioned that this is your third career. Um, what did you do previous to teaching? Well, when uh, I actually have an economics degree. I started out in engineering and then somewhere along the way ended up in economics and graduated with that, went into MetLife doing financial planning, got out of that and was working in a restaurant waiting tables and stayed there and managed for five and stayed in the restaurant for 10 years, uh, managed for five of it. And my daughter was going to start kindergarten, and I had enough of it and quit and didn't have a backup job. And my dad, who was principal at a freshman campus in DeSoto nearby, said he needed a long-term sub for his math department chair. And I had plenty of math experience because from the engineering background. So I did that because I didn't have another job, loved it. And then they needed a science teacher because they had a grant to reduce their science numbers. So they built a new course five weeks into the year and started teaching science and took it from there and then went to Capel after that. So that's kind of a crazy route, but it's a lot of fun. I learned a lot along the way. So I, I would assume education is your third, but you're thinking your final career choice? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm loving it. I'm having a blast. Uh, but everybody in my family is a teacher. My sister and her husband are both teachers. My dad was a teacher, my grandparents, my wife's a teacher, her mom's a teacher. I, I was kind of destined to do this. So you're finally in the family business then? Oh, yes, definitely. Everybody's happy now. You taught a little bit of science. You taught math. 
what was your journey to teaching coding? Uh, it was moving along through. We, um, I was teaching eighth grade science, and they were starting going to start an engineering program and did some training for a program called Infinity Project, and I signed up to do it, and then ended up teaching the course, and it was a digital signal processing, and got into doing graphical programming. There, uh, some of their um, precursors. It was with LabVIEW. And it brought back days from when I was growing up when I had a TRS-80 and an Apple IIe and had done a lot of coding myself back when I was in high school and just teaching myself. But this time I had someone helping me along the way and had other resources and a support network and really, really had a lot of fun with it. And we started growing the course up that way. And so that's really where we started and where I started getting into coding was back then when I started with the engineering program because it was something the kids needed to do and they were going to see. So we'd start doing Lego robots and things like that. It was a lot of fun and we started exploring stuff and the students would want to try new things and so I would go try something else out and we would try something different and we got into doing C with the Lego robots because they wanted to have more power with them for them and then just kind of expanded from there as I talked with other engineering schools about what we should offer for our program and for our students and got brought us to where we are today. Wow, that's super. Uh, and when you're working with the Lego robots, what language is, is that using? When we first did it, it was a um, NXC. It was a version of C on the old yellow uh, Lego bricks, the very the first Mindstorms. Mm -hmm. And then we started moving into LabVIEW as we moved up to the NXTs and then now the EV3s that we do with those with the freshmen. We do a lot of LabVIEW with our robotics. Uh, it's a graphical programming language that's really good at data processing and um, for acquiring data. And all of, because we do an engineering program, all of our, most of our students go into engineering, so we try to hit the things that they're gonna see a lot of. So we do the lab view, do a lot of that, because there's a really strong chance that they'll see that. So broad-based program there, and also it's like MATLAB, another language that they'll likely see. Then we do some C with Arduinos now in our upper level courses, and then processing where we teach them some Java and then now we're at it we've added in Swift to it because it's a really good language for everybody to learn they can also get get their hands in and write an app and see what that's like because working with the colleges and talking with them they said the kids need a lot of experience coding things and writing code to solve problems and Swift has been showing us to be really good and the kids are taking to it really well and it it gets them excited so we're really happy with adding that in well, let's go back to a little bit earlier what you said. They're, they're doing some work in C. How is that going? Because that's, <laughs> that's an old-time language. I'm doing some yeah. memory management. Yeah, that's um, and it, it's, it's kind of fun to watch them because we start with the processing, which is Java-based, but it's all graphics, and they get to, they'll make Pong, actually, at the end of that project. It's a lot of fun because we start out, and the first thing we give them, it has like four lines of code, but it'll put circles on the screen that follow the mouse and will turn black. And my students are in computer science and taking actually working on Java itself are kind of frustrated because they're like, this takes us like six weeks to get to in a regular Java programming class. And we did this in the first day. This is so cool. And they see how that is and they get an idea of what object oriented programming is and have some fun with it, start to see, really get, get confidence. And then when we switch to the Arduinos, because we do a lot of embedded systems work, they get to see what C is like, which is 
totally different and they got to deal with memory management and they can't have classes and some of those other neat constructs that they got but they see the different side of it and they can see some of the the pros and cons because it's it's smaller so they can throw it on arduino and it'll run a whole lot faster um, and the kids we get into some neat conversations about when they would use it and how they would use it and things like that so does it give them a greater appreciation for working with Swift, a much more modern language, a brand oh, new language? Definitely. When we get to Swift, they are so excited. Uh, they, they see the benefit of doing C and that it's small. So somebody like SpaceX, they're, they've got a rocket. The stuff on the rocket, it needs to be small. It needs to be compact, lightweight. So C is great. But when they get into Swift, they can really really go crazy and, and my students are doing some really neat projects in just six months they're doing some really crazy stuff they're hacking robots and interfacing with other things they're actually creating interfaces that will interface with an Arduino controlled board and or a robot or doing an app for their special ed it's it they they just take to it and they're so excited using Swift and I've even got freshmen now that are asking me hey can I get started early I, I want to learn this. I want to do it. Um, and we had some eighth graders who are advancing in their coding class, and they're at the point that the school asked to have their Macs reimaged and upgraded so that they could get Xcode on it because the kids in that class are at the point and they're wanting to write apps, and they're getting excited about it. Um, JavaScript wasn't doing it for them. They wanted to move on to Swift already at, at the eighth grade level. Wow. So I, I know that you guys at Capel are doing some awesome things. When I was down in Texas last November doing some Everyone Can Code events, I kept hearing about Capel. So it really, it really sounds very exciting uh, with what you're doing. And you're doing a lot of things there. I've seen some pictures of what you guys are doing with your engineering, and uh, I'll let you talk about that later. What is your favorite part about teaching coding? The creativity. Uh, the kids get to be so creative with it. Um, like I said, with the processing, we do it project the processing unit only takes a couple weeks and it's just introducing them to it and kind of letting them see it in a really really small environment first and they build pong and the kids will sit there and work at it and work at it and add new features and all kinds of new stuff and they'll start learning things and they'll go home and they're like okay well I need to learn to do this so I can make this part of it and they do the same thing when they're working on their apps they start wanting to try new stuff out and it's all I have to do is say hey make this make do this thing to it you know make pong and it's such a simple little game but they want to you know make it look like a soccer field or they'll add in an AI player uh, just all kinds of cool stuff and that's what you don't see in school all the time you don't see kids um, I mean, one of the things that's always heard is that we teach creativity out of kids by the time they're in the 12th grade and with coding we're bringing it back they're able to use it and do stuff and then they start thinking about ways they can use it in other classes. And, oh, I could do this. Um, I had one of my students made a marketing poster and coded it all instead of doing it in the, doing it in Photoshop or in one of the other drawing apps. He, he wanted to code it and do all that. And that's, that's neat to see. They just, I didn't ask him to, didn't suggest it. That's just what he came up with on his own. That, I, I really think that that's a major point you just made that, um, Creativity is super important, and coding really brings that out. A lot of people typically think, hey, 
you know, that's for the math and science people is coding and all that other stuff. But it's really not. Some of the most successful coders are musicians and artists because they can see the big picture. And I see that my in my classroom. The really the what really turns them on is when they can be creative and go out and make something. So yeah. that's a, it's. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only person seeing that. Oh yeah, no, and I see it popping up in other subjects. I was just reading a, a post that there's some evidence that it makes you a better writer and it, it just makes sense because you have to pay attention to your audience. You have to pay attention to what you're doing and really think out where you want to go with it. And it's just, it goes over and every, into every other thing you do, which is why our district is putting it in K-12 now. Yeah. I, the, the, what you just talked about with the, the making you a better writer, um, Mike, by the way, is a brand new ADE. Congratulations, Mike. I'm Thank you. Not, I'm not surprised. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Houston. And a couple other people you're going to meet in Houston uh, are Larry Reef and uh, Dr. Chris Penny. And we could have a really interesting discussion. Uh, Larry is actually going through the Learn to Code 1 and 2 in the Swift Playgrounds app. And I'm going to have him on eventually. And we're going to talk about that experience as an as a English language arts person. But I, I think that that language feature is really important, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, and I'm going to talk to Dr. Penny about, you know, could the English language arts teachers really have a leg up in learning to code and teaching coding because of their language background? Oh, I could see that. And, and uh, Doug Kyung is another ADE you'll meet, and he was an English language arts teacher, and he teaches out at Punahou, and he does... Uh, they're, they do amazing things with their Swift coding uh, mm -hmm. work out yes. there. So you mentioned um, that you were students were using the Mac because they were get using Xcode. Are you only using the Mac or are you using iOS as well in your teaching? Um, in our program, we use both. We're starting them out in Swift Playgrounds. So we'll actually, the way we've got our program, we're rewriting our curriculum right now. And we're going to, freshmen are going to do the learn to code one and then we're going to go through all the learn to code sequences and build them up as we see how it integrates with engineering because we also we do a lot of design work and we talk about customers and one of the things with the whole learn to code sequence is a lot of talk about that user experience and the user interface and what does the user have you know what do they think what do they see how do they interact with it in the app journal parts of the learn to code and I liked it so much that we're putting it in and we're spending a lot of time on that to get our kids thinking about customers and users, not thinking about themselves. So we're spending a lot of time developing, working on developing empathy in our learners. And this is a huge part of it. So we're using actually both the, the iPad, the iOS and the Mac. Um, unfortunately, yeah, like I said, it's going to be short lived because our kids coming up from middle school are going to be are using it too so eventually we're going to run out of we're not going to be able to use that as much because they've already done it but i'm excited to have that <laughs> challenge and see where else we can take it yeah that's a good problem to have oh yeah so once they get to the mac um what tools or curriculum do you think you'll use next uh when we're getting the mac we're using the the uh, intro to swift play intro to swift app writing with swift sorry and uh there, the students are loving that. We this year, uh, when it came out, we were already rolling in the school year, so I added it as a layer on top of what we were doing, and the students are doing it independently, sort of. Uh, it's I built a um, class in our Schoology, our learning management system, 
where the students who are doing all the SWIFT training can go through it and I can work with them, but they're all going at, at their own pace. And I have students in all of my different classes doing it. I've got other ones asking, hey, can I start it anyway? I'm not, I'm, not in, I'm not in that class. Can I do it? And that's really exciting. So we're going to, and we'll be doing it with all of our upper level students next year and taking them through with the Mac and going through the intro to app writing and then working with them to finish off the app because one of the one of the things I'll have to do in our capstone is actually create an app at the end of it. Wow, that's a good, <laughs> that's a nice thing to hear. Hey, can I learn, please? Will you let me? Oh, I know. It's so it's so awful when students are like, hey, can I learn? Can I, and can I, can I learn something new? And do you mind staying after school and working with me on that? And will you be here Saturday? And you know, I, yeah. I'm, it's so horrible to see kids want to be in the school building and learn stuff. <laughs> uh, it's it's um it's a unique uh, problem to have. Yes, it is, and I I enjoy every minute of it. That's that's why I'm really happy with where I'm at and what I'm doing. The the students are awesome. The parents really support it, and it it's neat to see. I don't I don't ever not look forward to going to work. And when we're getting we're getting near the end of the school year, and a lot of people are trying to wind down and we're actually talking about, okay, so then for this summer, we're going to do this and this, and we're planning events over the whole summer, and the kids are going to be up there. we got different things going on, and we don't ever shut down. We just change phases. Oh, that's awesome. You just mentioned intro to app writing. Uh, where did where did you find that? I got a – was lucky enough to get a scholarship to WWDC this past summer mm-hmm. and got introduced – was – um, was learning Swift on my own through just various means on the internet, finding different things, and then got introduced to the intro to app writing. And when that came out over the summer, I dove in and went through all of it myself, just going, okay, I got to see what this is about. I want to teach our kids. And at the conference, I was getting so excited. We're sitting there in line Monday morning for the keynote, and I was already emailing my APs back home. And this was like at six o'clock in the morning and I was emailing going, okay, I need a card of Max for my lab. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I need you to get me this. I need you to get me that. And they're like, hold on, Mike, let's, let's find out. Hold on. Just, just come home first. Is that what you were doing in line? Yeah, I was doing that <laughs> in line, emailing them, um, requesting equipment and all kinds of other stuff. Cause I was getting so excited listening to what everybody else was doing and what the potentials were. It, even though I hadn't even done, seen the intro to app writing yet just the potential of what it could do for our kids. I was so excited about. Oh, are, are you referring to the intro to app development with Swift? Yes. Oh, Apple's official. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was that just, that was yeah. exciting. It is. It's fantastic. I used that with my seniors this year. They had a great time. They really enjoyed the, the, uh, what was that? The chat bot. Oh yeah. Yeah. We changed it and made it an angry bot. So, it was, <laughs> so that it would yell at people. Oh, that's um, always fun. Yeah, you know, they're a little crusty at times, my seniors, yeah, well, they're, but they're, they're almost done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you work with STEM students and engineering students. Uh, what are they doing specifically? Because I've seen uh, some neat pictures. Um, <laughs> what are we not doing? We've got our hands into just about everything. I mean, besides, you know, from the regular engineering things like 3D printing and different types of robots and bridges, uh, our seniors in our capstone are doing some things. I've got a team that is working on a sign 
for our bus loop to help direct students which way to go when their buses get there because we've got a pretty big bus loop and the principals right now hold up just little signs out there kind of tell kids which way to go they're building a sign that's LED and they're custom making the whole thing and they're writing an app right now that would interface with that and the APs could stand off to the side and control the whole sign from an app uh, from an oh, iOS wow. app that the kids are writing and so they're learning Bluetooth controls and going through all the APIs to do that and just digging at it and where most people are worried about seniors having senioritis and can barely get them in the room my kids are sitting there at a computer just going at it and you know they were there till six last night working on it wow they're crushing it yes they are and that you know it's neat to see things like that um, I've got another group that is working on an app for our special ed department we have some students who have some uh, disabilities they they have can barely communicate they can't talk they're learning prerequisite skills and they're but they're teenagers and so the teacher they're working with the teacher and spend a lot of time talking with her about what needs she had and they're working on an app where she can send to their the each student's iPad a list of activities that the student can choose from and then the student can pick the activities they want and communicate with the teacher that way and then she can also has that data to see how they're doing better at responding and growing in their responses and things like that and so they're writing an app working with her on that to help make her room better and so it's neat to see the kids they're not just you know going out there and coding things and and doing stuff but they're actually trying to make a difference in in the world around them and in their building with their peers and their community so they're actually solving real world problems solving real world problems um i like i always tell i don't like i tell the kids i don't like doing pro, doing projects for file 13. i like to do something that's going to make a difference that has a life once we're done with it wow that's, so that's, that's and that's neat to see them get excited about that and these are seniors that are leaving and i've got other students that are already asking me and jockeying for a position to be on that team to take over for it next year that's great. Oh, yeah. Like a waiting list. It is. It is. I, I've even got freshmen asking me, hey, how can I be on that team? I want. That's what I want to do. I want to be on that group. Oh, that's that's super. So the, the kids are the kids are exciting. They're they're neat to, to watch that that excitement that, you know, when they get to solve these challenges and the, the the coding just brings another aspect that they can really see that they can make a difference in the world around them, that they're not just, you know, going through the motions and taking tests and turning in papers, but they're actually doing something that makes a difference. They're taking the things they're learning in school and using it to make their world a better place. So I think you mentioned this, your STEM students are using Swift? Yes. With what kind of projects? Um, well, like the, the, the apps in our capstone project. Um, then we've got our Society of Women Engineers girls have hacked a robot and they're writing an app that will interface with it. So they've actually taken out the remote control that came with the robot kit and connected it to an Arduino that they're connecting to an iOS app. And they're writing their own custom app that they can control a robot dog with. Hmm. And then we're looking at some things with, uh, uh, start working on learning how to do some Swift playgrounds where they can write playgrounds next year for teachers and other classes. So I've been, working with a physics teacher and we're trying to develop a pendulum playground where he can do labs that he normally can't do in class, but they could do it in the, on the iPad app because they can 
create environments, create situations. They can even change the physics and really look at what those laws of physics are because they can do things you can't do in a normal high school lab. But the physics engine in there works just fine. And so they can, they can do things differently. They, um, they can see different types of labs and really go deeper into them and not have to spend so much time cleaning up, setting, setting things up and cleaning it up afterwards, but really get to the science of it. Wow, you guys are really just creating a whole wealth of content. Uh, are you going to planning on sharing any of it through a uh, public iTunes U course or anything? Because a lot of those things, I would think schools all over the country or all over the world would be interested in in using those if they could. Oh, definitely. That's that's our plan after we get these working. Um, I'm still learning. I I'm going as fast as I can and learning as I go. I you know like I like I told you, I want all my students to write an app. So I sat down and wrote one myself so that I can learn how to do it. And we've got these goals of trying to do the playground. So I'm learning how to do that so I can kind of navigate the waters for them and point them in the right direction as they go through doing a, doing the playground app. And we'll definitely be putting those out for other people because it's, it's too cool to see. And, you know, we don't have all the good ideas, but hopefully it'll inspire someone else to come up with even better ideas and other new things. Um, and see what else happens out there. Well, it sounds like you guys have a lot of good ideas, and you're doing some really, really interesting things there. Uh, I'll be excited to take a look at some of those and incorporate them into uh, my school if possible. Cool. So you mentioned you taught science, math, and now you've done some engineering and coding. Uh, wow. Uh, are that, is that it? <laughs> is there anything else you've done? <laughs> Oh, well, uh, we have a solar car team, too. Uh, oh, my kids of course you do. Them. Yeah, you know, because, you know, it's not Well, you guys to... get enough sun down in Texas to have a oh, solar car. Oh, we get car. plenty. We could mm-hmm. have one up here in northeast Ohio. It's just we wouldn't go very far because we don't get enough sunlight. Well, actually, the race has, run through, has gone through there before. Has um, it? This race is uh, every other year it's at Texas Motor Speedway, and they run for four days. And the, kid, the students from all around the country and all around the world build, design and build full-size cars they're single um the the main divisions are single seaters and then there's a new division that we're going to be in it's a two-seater and they run those for four days around the track and see who can get the most miles over four days and then in between those years they run cross country and this um they've run from dallas to la to colorado they've gone up through ohio to new york so yeah it's a lot of fun. It's a neat thing to see cars, you know, driving down the road that high school students have built. That's that's amazing because that's the the next generation of green energy that hopefully could change not only the power grid but our transportation system. Definitely, that's, definitely, that's, ama- that's amazing. And have you taught? I think you mentioned previously you've taught some other programming languages as well mm-hmm. in addition to Swift. Yes, uh, a little was- bit of Java and some C, and then we do a lot of LabVIEW as well in our program. And you mentioned you're using the C for memory management and those kinds of things. Um, did you know that it's on the Swift roadmap for Swift to be able to become that kind of low-level language? Oh, wow. Uh, that I didn't know. I knew there was a lot that they were trying to do with the open source, which is part of why I put that in. Uh, our goal was to give our kids a wide range that they could see a variety of languages because our students go into just about every engineering field there is engineering science, computer science, and all of that. And I can't, I don't, we don't focus our program on any one thing. We just try to give them 
a good set of tools that they'll be successful at the next level. And Swift was shown to be that wide ranging with it being open source. I was really excited about it. And even our students, as we talked about it, they could see the potential because it is open source and it's growing in popularity. So the fact that they're working on it being low level, that's just, that's exciting because you can do so much then in one language. Yes, I, that was the whole point, I, I think. Uh, Chris Latner mentioned it when he was interviewed on the Accidental Tech podcast in January, shortly after he left Apple, was that, you know, that was the part of the Swift roadmap. And they, you know, I stole the tagline for this Swift world domination, but that's what the, the whole idea was. You know, why learn three, four, five different languages when you can learn one to do to do it all? You can just do some simple scripting in Swift all the way to low-level memory management and creating like a, um, an operating system in Swift. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Um, we ran into that problem ourselves. that, that team working on the, the app for special ed, it started as a device that they were building that had some cameras and other sensors and interfaces for the students. And at one point they had five different languages running different stuff on it. And they all had, they had to learn all these different languages to do it. And what I was seeing with, Swift 3 and the APIs and the way it was interfacing with things that we just made the decision to just jump wholeheartedly into Swift and just go for it and because it did it all in one. So doing even more in one is awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know when it's coming. I don't think it's in the Swift 4 roadmap, but, you know, two years, five years, whatever, that's, that's amazing stuff. I'm really looking forward to oh, that. Yeah. What has been the most surprising to you in teaching Swift? The most surprising was how easy it is to learn and how quickly even my new novice students are picking it up. Um, we, like, we're one-to-one -one with iPads, but some of our older students have iPads that are old enough that can't run Swift Playgrounds. So they jumped in and did, they're doing the intro to app writing with no programming background really and are able to understand it and get into it and actually see results and understand what's going on. And that's, that's so neat to see that they can get results, real results, not just, oh, this is kind of, it's, it's kind of made up and we're, we've got this interface, they'll show you some things, but it's, it's true actual results that you could put on a phone or you know, put on a device quickly. And that's the, that was the most surprising thing that I found with it. That's, that's fantastic. How have your students, well, I think you partially answered this already, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, how have your students then responded to learning Swift? It sounds like they, they love it, but they want to keep going and learn more. Yeah, they do. They want to keep going. Um, I was just talking with them today, laying out some of the things we're going to be doing next year and some things the sophomores and juniors can do to prep for it. And they were asking, okay, so where do I find this stuff? What can I do with it? You know, when can I get started on Swift? And what do I need to do it? Their kids are asking their parents to buy them a Mac so that they can work on it more. And that's, you know, it's neat to see kids get excited. Why do you, now you said your students are picking up really quickly and they love to learn it. I have a hunch as to why, but what, so why do you think they are, they're loving it so much and they've picked it up so easy just about the what part of the language do you think the way it makes sense it's it's so expressive that it, it reads like a sentence and it just as you look at it you know what's going on um, you know on any of the 
anything that you're doing, when you create a class and you call it and you, you're making it do something, it just makes sense. Whereas you look at a lot of other languages and there's so much code speak and you have to try to decipher it and read it backwards in some weird way to try to figure out what's going on that they just they just start running with it because they can and, just say what they want to say and i think that's exactly it whenever i've gone to anything and my students give me the same feedback is that well you know it's like kind of like writing sentences and we know how to write in english and it's just like writing English in a different way. And there's not all the crazy extra syntax and all those other things. So that expressiveness makes it a really approachable language. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me uh, at all that you that that was the word you used. That was exactly what I was. That's what I think. So yeah, if they're also, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say they also have um, gotten kind of spoiled with Xcode as well, uh, just because it with the um, the uh, the auto filling in when they start writing in one of the uh, one of the variables or something and it starts pulling it up automatically and then they deal with another ID that doesn't do that they get really mad and frustrated quickly yes autocomplete is a great thing and I think they did a really good job with that with the Swift Playgrounds app is that they kind of get introduced to that with the code completion bar up top oh, yeah so now they know to look for it uh, my juniors some of them have looked at uh, Xcode and they're like, oh, this is kind of like Swift Playgrounds. It, there's what I need right there. I just have to hit enter. Yeah, and when I show teachers that who aren't coding, but they're, they get, they're interested in it, and they're like, okay, I, I, I need to learn this, but I don't know that I can. I'm like, yeah, you can. Let me show you. And I, get, I, get, I, I have to calm myself down because I'll get so excited that I'll scare them. And when I show them that, that bar at the bottom with the autocomplete, they're just like, wait a minute. Okay, I can do that. I can, I can figure this out. And they're like, yeah, you, you can do this. You can code. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. What suggestions do you have to any teacher who might be thinking about starting to code in Swift or any school district that is considering implementing programming in Swift? I would just say go do it. It's, you know, there's some great resources to just, that you can use to get started immediately out there. Um, I mean, we started with just what Apple provided for free with it that was just baked into it and their Everyone Can Code series and saw results immediately with it. Like I said, I had only used that and I was able to get an app actually in the App Store that it solved a problem for us as an instructional coach and got that done immediately and we're using that app. Um, if I can do that, anybody can. Uh, so just, you know, I say just go in and do it. Oh, that's yeah, that's perfect advice. Pick it up and start going. You can't start getting something accomplished till you start doing it. No, and no, I think, you can't. and I think all the resources Apple provides is part of the power of Swift because they have all those resources that are available at no additional cost. Exactly, that's part of why our district's liking it because it's free, it's all in one place, and the pedagogy is really good on it too. And for using it with students, the teacher guides are amazing because they they walk the th kids through and it's not just, okay, we're gonna teach you coding, but they get into the app journal. They There's a reflection piece, which you don't always see, and especially in coding curriculum, you don't see those reflection pieces. And they look at other aspects of it and they have the kids, um, the thing I really like, because we do a lot of design thinking in our program, 
and working with customers and those iterative process of go back or go back to them, go back to them, go back to them. And as you go through the intro to app writing, they do that. They start out, okay, think of some ideas. Now go talk to some people, get their feedback on it. All right, revise it, get their feedback on it. Okay, revise it again, get their feedback on it. And that's powerful. And it teaches kids really good habits. And those are the same habits that carry over. If they're writing a paper, that's the same thing you should be doing. You get an idea and you get feedback from someone else. You have someone read your rough drafts and you do that. And it, it's that same skill and mindset that carries over to anything else. So just those resources alone, they're free, they're right there, easy to get, makes it easy for a school to put it in place. Is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, about what the great things, the great and many things you and your students are doing in your district? Oh, well, um, I'm really proud of our district. We've been working uh, for the last about year and a half, uh, two years on a K-12 coding curriculum. So one of the big uh, pushes our school board and superintendent wanted to see, and we're rolling that out. So we'll actually be teaching coding to every student in the district. Um, all of our learners will start out at uh, K through K through three, I believe, or K two will get will be doing computational thinking, and then we'll move into coding aspects. But it's not a separate course; it'll actually be integrated into their curriculum as a part of it. So, just that standard problem solving, and they'll see how coding fits in the everyday world. But they'll grow up in it, and then they'll move into it, get deeper and deeper into it, and then by the time they get to high school, we've got a whole. You know, coding sequences, a lot of different programs like my program and our computer science program where the, we'll have a lot of students who will be taking those, but the students will also be able to see how to use those in other classes as well. So teachers can go, okay, go code this thing here, you know, go model this and do this code for it and model it. And that's really neat to see our district taking that kind of initiative to push that and do that to the whole for the whole district, for every student across the board, whether they're a STEM student or an art student or humanities or whatever it is that how important coding is so that's really neat to see and then you know I'm always proud of my students they're they're amazing um, our SWE girls have actually challenged uh, some of the other clubs to a competition so they're entering the USA to India virtual robotics competition and they're challenging some of the other clubs to see who can do better at it um, while they're trying to get more girls into our program but they're trying to build up other programs as well through some friendly competition. And, and it's fun to see that they're just challenging each other and going at it and trying out new stuff. And they're, they're not afraid to go do it. They're just saying, okay, let's go do it. And they're, they're developing that fearlessness that, you know, is so desperately needed and that creativity, which will make them so successful in the future. So you mentioned they are going, you're going to have to start with K2. Did you see the Apple announcement last week about integrating Swift into Tinker and those new tools for K to five? Oh yes, we're so excited about that. That's those were so neat to see, and that you know, I love the idea because it, for us, it we're going to be using it as part of our in part of our program so that the students as they move up and through, there's some commonality through everything. There's a you know, and, and for the teachers as well. So there's some common language. There's some common concepts and the way of doing things and it was, I was so glad to see them see Apple do that because it really brings it wholeheartedly that you know you know that whole idea of everyone can code and it brings it all the way down to kindergartners yes it does and they did a fantastic job with that app I mean I, I don't know uh, if it if I 
it's perfect. The way you're just able to switch back and forth between the blocks and the coding. My wife teaches kindergarten, and finally I feel like I can now go into her classroom and give those students some experience with Swift on their iPads. Yeah, it's, it's, it's neat to see. I'm excited for what it offers, and I'm excited for when I, you know, in 12 years when I get those, or, you know, eight years when I get those kids that started with it as kindergartners. I'm just, I can't wait to see what happens. All right, so you're on a podcast. Um, I love podcasts, and this is something I like to do at the end of some of the episodes so that uh, our listeners could uh, maybe get some ideas of other ones. So do you listen to them? And if so, what are your favorite podcasts? Uh, yes, I do listen to them. Uh, since becoming an ADE, I found yours and uh, also Wired Educator and one that's digging into Swift, the Swift language itself called Swift Unwrapped, and they're looking at things like what's coming in for Swift 4. It's kind of interesting to hear those, the um, professional side of it, so I can kind of relate that to my students. So those are some new ones that I do. Um, also, I like to listen to Coding Blocks and Programming Throwdown, just hearing from the professional side so I can make sure that I'm you know, pointing my kids in the right direction all the time and can you know, tell them new things. And then uh, I like... I like doing all kinds of stuff, and I like learning new things. So uh, there are several How Stuff Work podcasts that I listen to. I, I listen to a bunch of those, and they're fun to just learn new stuff, things I didn't even think about, and find something new and see where to apply it. Yeah, that Swift Unwrapped is a nice brand-new podcast. Um, started shortly before mine. I think they're on episode 10 right now. That's a good one. Have you ever heard of Runtime? No, I haven't. That is a Swift-based one. Uh, it's really good. I forget the the name of the two guys who do it. It's about 20 minutes or so. That's a really good one. They go into some really deep stuff. So it's it's definitely on the professional side of, of programming and, oh, cool. and I've got that coding on my and Swift. So runtime's a good one. Um, well, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, I'm on Twitter, and so is my program. I'm at uh, M-Y-A-K STEM, M-Y-A-K STEM, and then our you can see our kids and some of their work at Cop, it's at Coppell STEM, at Coppell Solar, and at Coppell Sweet. Uh, so our kids, we like showing off what they do and showing off the fun stuff they're doing and interacting with other people. And then also our programs on Facebook under Coppell, Coppell Engineering. And then uh, a lot of our stuff's on the website too. You can kind of see what our program's about at www.coppellisd.com slash engineering. So, we like to be out there and check us out and come give us a shout. All right. That's fantastic. Well, Mike, thanks for coming on the show and uh, joining me and having a nice conversation with me about all the fantastic things you guys are doing down there at Capel. And if you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate you taking you know, a minute and maybe leaving us a, a review on iTunes. By the time this show goes live, there will probably even be a Swift Teacher Podcast page, Facebook page. And um, we have started a Slack chat, a Swift Teacher Slack chat. So if you're interested in maybe joining us, Mike's a part of that, um, as well as some other teachers, Daniel Budd and um, Dr. Nicholas Outram, just to name a few. If you'd like to join us in that Slack chat, please send me an email at brian, B-R-I-A-N, at swiftteacher.org. And I'll talk to you next time. Time to get Swifty.